Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about leverage. Now, leverage is arguably the most important concept that there is in property investment. In fact, I would argue that property investment does not work without leverage at its heart. Now, of course, there are three different types of leverage, and we're going to walk you through each of these in this episode today. And the first type of leverage is, is what we call leveraged investment. So this is the idea when when you go and buy an investment property, as we all know, you might put up a 20% deposit if you're buying a brand new property, and then the bank is going to give you 80% of the money in order to purchase that property. So if you were to go and buy a 500k property, you might put up a 100k cash deposit, bank will give you 400k, but you are going to get the returns on all of that money. So if the property market goes up at 5%, and that's actually relatively conservative given that the New Zealand property market went up at 8% this year and 6.5% over the last kind of 20, 20 odd years. Um, so if it goes up at 5%, you get the return, that's 5% on 500,000, not 5% on 100,000. Now, of course, you've got to pay the mortgage and pay the interest on the mortgage, but that's the cost of getting that, that enormous return. Now, Andrew, walk us through that if you were to use a 100k cash deposit in order to purchase an investment property. How does that compare than if I was to put that in a bank? So I did some modelling around this. Um, I, I used very basic numbers. Uh, and so kind of like to use the midpoint of kind of a 500k investment. So this is the kind of thing that we deal with on a day to day basis. And I've worked on someone putting in a 20% deposit, so 100k investment. Uh, that's what they're actually going to be out of pocket if they do it this way. And so a loan amount of $400,000. And then I factored in costs. So general costs that we, we would budget for, we budget for, um, so well, firstly, rental income of $500 a week. And I always take out vacancy at three weeks a year um, for a standard property. So, so only factoring 49 uh, weeks of the year. Then I factored in interest on the mortgage, that 400K. I factored in a property manager. I factored in a letting fee every year. And so a letting fee is when you find a new tenant, uh, which the landlord needs to pay now. But Obviously, that's not necessarily an annual cost because your tenants might stay for three years, so you only pay that one in three years. But I budgeted on it for an annual cost. Factored in rates at three thousand, insurance at nineteen hundred, so to, to cover the building itself, but also to have landlords insurance, um, which I know we've spoken about how important that is. I factored in maintenance of a thousand dollars a year, which is probably quite high for for the pro- general properties that we deal with, and I factored in an accountant at a thousand dollars a week. Uh, sorry, a year. Uh, Matt Harris would like $1,000 a week. Um, and so the cost per week is actually, it's positively geared at this basis. It actually makes $18 a week based on those numbers. So we're just going to assume that that accumulates in an account. And and what I've worked on is I've worked on um, a 15-year projection. So that property in 15 years at 5% growth, the projected value is um, about $1,040,000. So it's gone from 500000 to a million. So it's doubled in value, which if based on 5% capital growth rate, takes 15 years to double in value. And then if we subtract the mortgage off that, then the projected equity is $639,000. And of course, I've taken the initial $100,000 investment out. So the, so the net profit on this one is $535,000 or five, yeah, five thirty six. Now, if you put that $100,000 into a savings account, and I've used the same interest rate 
um, for the savings account, 3.5% as I have for the loan, um, which is very generous. And I haven't taxed that either. But if you put that 100,000 in 15 years, that 100,000 has only grown to $113,000. So you're getting 467% more return on investment by purchasing an investment property and using leverage with that $100,000. And of course, that's not just because you're getting 5% growth on $500,000 instead of 3.5 on 100K. It's that you've actually got the benefit of compounding interest on that 500,000. So in the in the second year, your property, if it's going up at 5%, has gone from 500K to 525K. The next year, you're getting 5% again on 525K because it's compounded each and every year. And that is the benefit, first of all, of leveraged investment. But that is not the only type of leverage we have in investment property. We've got two more. The next is that most people, in order to purchase investment property, are not putting up 100 k worth of cash in order to purchase it. Rather, they're using their own house and the equity that they have within their own house in order to purchase the, their investment property. Now, I know, Andrew, you do this every single day and help people do this. So walk us through, how do you leverage your own house in order to be able to purchase an investment property? So really simple, uh, if you've got a house at the moment, uh, then you've got equity in there and we talk often about usable equity. So usable equity is the difference between your equity and the stuff that you can actually withdraw. So the bank won't let you uh, take your mortgage up to 100% of the value. Generally speaking, it's 80%. So again, if we just use really basic maths of $500,000 owner-occupied house, the first 20%, the bank will never let you borrow because that's their safety limit. So they want to make sure that you've always got 20% in the event that they have to sell you up because you've skipped the country and gone to Mexico. So now if you've got, say, a $200,000 mortgage, the difference is you've got 300000 worth of equity 200,000 of that is usable equity. Now, if we uh, go to your bank and ask them for $100,000 of that usable equity, you've kept 100,000 available. You can use that for a, for an, a second investment property next year. Say you take that 100,000 out and then you take that to bank B, i.e. split banking, and now all of a sudden you can borrow 500000 because you've got 100000 from your house, 400000 from the new investment property, so you've borrowed all of the money to get started. Now, generally speaking, if you're borrowing all of the money, your interest cost is going to go up because, of course, you're borrowing 500000 rather than 400000 So I did the maths on this as well. So $500,000 mortgage compared to a $400,000 uh, mortgage, rather than making a profit, this one actually makes a loss if we follow those same numbers. Now the loss is $50 a week, so pretty manageable. So then what I did is I worked on the numbers. Okay, well we never had 100000 to begin with, and no one in their right mind would borrow 100000 from the bank and then put it in a savings account, but let's say you took, you took your $50 a week and you put that into a savings account, in 15 years you will have saved 39000 of your own money, so once we put compounding interest in that, again at 3.5%, that works out to be $51,000. 15 years, probably not going to change your life that much. But the equity... Uh, on that property, so it's the same projected value minus the mortgage of five hundred thousand. That means your projected equity is uh, five hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars, and so it's nine hundred and fifty nine percent more profitable 
than putting that money into a savings account. 959%. It's crazy. Yeah, 9.5 times. And I think that once you start to fully understand uh, the power of leverage, and and, in all three instances, first of all, in terms of getting leveraged returns, uh, secondly, using the property that you currently own in order to purchase another property, and then the third one we'll talk about in a moment, that's when you really start to realise that property investment is a fantastic way, a fantastic generator of wealth. And now the reason because of this, we all hear the term that you should use other people's money. You've got to use other people's money in order to get ahead. This is exactly what we're talking about. First of all, we are using uh, the bank's money, getting a return on that. We're using our own money, but but borrowing our own equity and then borrowing against that in order to fund the the deposit, in order to, to purchase the investment property. And the last one is leveraging the money of our tenants. So one of the things that I sometimes talk to, uh, you know, people who are really at the start of their investment property journey when we're at one of our seminars, they'll say, oh, I'm not sure about getting into investment property because I don't want to take on a second mortgage. And this is where I've got to emphasise the third type of leverage, which is leveraging the tenant's money. Because of course, that if you if you have borrowed, like in Andrew's second example, which is a $500,000 mortgage, you're going to have about $17,500 worth of interest costs on it. It's 17.6 to be exact. But with $50 a week, you're only putting into that property, including all other expenses, about 2.6k per year. And the reason because of that is that the tenant is putting in $500 a week for 49 weeks of the year under Andrew's estimations and calculations in this. And I think it's you've always got to remember that the tenant is also helping you pay your mortgage, they're helping you pay all of your expenses. You might be topping it up a little bit in the first instance, in the first couple of years. Of course, rent goes up over time. But it is this third type of leverage that is so important because it makes the cash flow work day to day. So when you're out there walking along the beaches over the summer, just remember these three types of leverage. First of all, you're leveraging the bank's money and getting a return on their money. You know, you're only putting in maybe a 20% deposit, but you're getting returns on the uh, the full investment, 500k. You're leveraging potentially your house in order to be able to, or the equity within your home, in order to be able to fund the deposit to purchase the investment property. And then you're leveraging the tenant's money in order to be able to pay the mortgage and, and, and pay the cash flow day to day. I think also you just got to remember that it's impossible to save yourself rich. Uh, people cannot do it. And even if they could, because they're earning a huge amount of income, it's such an inefficient model and this is why uh, the world's wealthiest are all property investors of some sort and so uh, because of that you need to be looking at uh, ways to leverage and and there's only two ways to leverage you can either do it through property or you can do it through people and and whilst people are involved with property I think that you know unless you're going to start a business you have to go down the route of property investment uh, and property never sleeps so you're always going to be able to receive that income week on week off to be able to pay that mortgage so it's such such an important uh, uh, investment tool and three a that we'll put in the fourth type of leverage is of course people people's time as well so again that's where we talk about property managers uh, that's wh- that's where we talk about using all of these other professionals so you don't have to do things yourself uh, because this really is your way to tap into building up some capital rather than relying on your labor which is going to work every single week but let's wrap it up there now if you want to learn more w- about property with Andrew and I, then here's what you do. You've got to check out our Epic Guide to Property Investment. It's a 16,000 word guide which is freely available on our website. Uh, Don't even need to put in your email. Now if you want to get there, here's what you do. Pull out your phone, 
go to Google and type in Property Investment NZ. And then once you scroll past the, the ads, you'll see we're always in the top three. I think I've just updated it. So when you in the actual Google search results, you'll see something like updated how to become a property investor in 2020, something along those lines. But you click on the great read, 45-minute read, all about how to invest in property within New Zealand. Now, of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. really helps us get the message out to more people. But until next time, let's bring in that outro music. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.